Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, we hear from Ohio State men's basketball coach Chris Holtman after he met with Collected Media on Tuesday, December 1st. In his session with the media, Holtman revealed that Musa Jallo will miss the next game against Moorhead State following a lower leg injury. He discusses playing in the Cavelli Center, talks about what Seth Towns needs to do to be able to make it onto the floor, and much, much more. Before we get into the audio, if you're finding this episode on our website, landgrantholyland.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique and varied perspectives that you will only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. Okay. Now that we've got that out of the way, here's Ohio State men's basketball coach, Chris Holtman. All right, everyone. It looks like Coach Holtman is on, so we are going to get started. Thank you for being with us today. And kicking things off will be Stephen Hellwagen. Okay. C- can you hear me? I got you, Steve. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, uh, just wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, bench production. I know the last game was uh, maybe a little bit tighter than uh, everybody thought it might have been, and and there weren't as many opportunities perhaps, but uh, Zed, I think, was the only player other than your five starters who scored, and just how big of a concern is that? I know the offseason wasn't what anybody wanted, but uh, are you a little bit concerned about having the depth situation uh, perhaps where it needs to be right now? No, I, no, I, I, I feel pretty good about, um, you know, I'm anxious to see our guys in, in live action. I think some of that was a byproduct of uh, the, the way the game was. We, we were struggling a little bit offensively. So um, I, I felt like our, our guys that were out there needed to, needed to stay out there and get in some type of rhythm, uh, which, is, which is why I sticked with a, stuck with a tighter rotation there in the second half, pretty much a similar rotation of the first half. But I do think, Steve, that's something we'll have to continue to grow and develop as as the year goes on. Um, and, um, you know, I'm anxious to see how, how we do that. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be really important for us to have some depth this year for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And uh, curious as well about Ibrahima. Didn't play in the last game and last guy in among the scholarship players in the first game. And second year in the program and obviously again the offseason four or five missed months of development or whatever just uh I think we've asked you about him various times and just trying to get a feel I guess is there a a chance that he's going to impact things this year I guess you know I think we'll we'll see I'm excited about um I think he's taken some real strides we've seen in practice um and you know some of this is as you guys know you can't play everybody and uh, Zed has played um, some of those minutes right now. Um, obviously, we have Kyle and EJ also who play the forward spots. So um, he's got to be ready. Uh, I think he was one of the first subs in the second half the other day. But uh, you can't play everybody, but everybody's got to be ready. And they've got to be ready to answer the bell when, they're, when their number's called. Up next, Brendan Gulick. Hey, Coach. Good to chat with you here. Um, first, individually, I'm, I'm curious, I guess, mostly about C.J. Walker. When you look at his game and, and kind of evaluate, you know, what he's really good at, what he's working on, can you give us an idea what you feel his best 
strength is, his best attribute? I, I think leading and running a team and, uh, you know, being the point of attack offensively and defensively, uh, which I think he's got to do a better job of than, than what he did uh, the other night. And we've got to coach him uh, better uh, in that regard. So that, that's – I think he – C.J. is going to be fine. Uh, I'm not worried about C.J. Walker in the least. He's hungry uh, to grow and improve from one game to the next. Um, but I think his ability to kind of lead our team at the point of attack on both ends is, is critical. And, um, um, you know, tomorrow uh, will, be a, will be an opportunity to, to, to kind of show that and do a better job of, of that. I want to ask you one more bigger picture question, too, because we didn't have a chance to talk to you between the first and second game of the year. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you were aware of it. The, the first game of the season for you was your 300th as a head coach. And so I'm, I'm wondering if maybe you can just pull back a little bit and, and maybe share a story with us on something along the, way, along the lines of, you know, when you fell in love with coaching or, or why this profession and, and why this school means so much to you. Well, no, I, I wasn't aware of that. No, I was not aware it was uh, game number 300. Um, I think it seems like game game about 3,000. Uh, you seem to age quite a bit uh, when you when you move over and slide over a, a chair. Um, and I've certainly seen that. I look at some of those pictures when I was uh, first game against UNC Charlotte. Somehow it came up the other day. And I bet you, you know, you, you guys would hardly recognize me. Certainly more hair, less gray. Uh, and, uh, you know, coaching coaching does that. But I will tell you, um, I've loved every moment of it. I love this school. Uh, the, I think the biggest and most impactful things uh, are, are the things that probably you guys don't see. Um, unfortunately, it's the interaction you have with players um, when they need you the most. And uh, I, had, I was reflecting a, 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 actually a week and a half ago about a young man uh, that I coached early in our, our tenure here. And uh, he had a really significant family emergency with his mom. And I can remember being at that funeral. And this was my second year as a head coach. Um, and uh, remember saying, you know, at the end of the day, this is very much why, why I'm, I love competing. I love coaching. I love strategizing. I love player development. But at the end of the day, uh, being there for that kid, being there for LaRon in that moment was, was uh, what it's all about. So thanks for asking. Up next, Adam Darty. Hey, Chris, I was wondering two questions. First, do you have a, an update on Musa? Yeah, Musa uh, will be out this next game, and um, he continues to battle that lower leg injury. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll keep it general with that. I, I'm not sure. Um, I think he's making progress, Adam, but as far as uh, projecting beyond uh, next game, beyond our game versus Moorhead. Uh, I couldn't give you answers on that. And, and then and then following on uh, Steve asking you about the obviously the tight rotation in the second half. Like you said, you, you can't play everybody. Um, I did wonder, though, like a, a guy like Justin, on a night when the shots weren't falling and we know that he is a shooter, um, is he still trying to find a way to, to force himself into that equation for you and on an, as far as just getting in and, and being a guy you can look to for some offense? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think he's, he's just certainly a guy that, that uh, uh, I thought about again, it was more, more of a, a little bit allowing those guys uh, to get in a bit of a rhythm uh, as much as anything, but uh, there's no question in my mind. I, I believe he's our, our best and most consistent shooter on our team. And uh, he'll have, he'll have plenty of opportunities to show that, um, you know, it wasn't just about shooting. I think in that game, it was, we, we needed to collectively attack a little bit better than what we did. Uh, certainly we missed some open shots and he'll, he'll help with that. I'm confident. Up next, Timothy Hall. Hey, Chris, what's going on? I wanted to talk to you about not being in a holiday tournament this year. And, you know, it's, there's some scheduling philosophies there. There's positives and negatives that come with both. But now that you are playing at home, I'm just wondering how you approach that. Would you rather be playing some stronger teams right off the bat? I mean, considering you're going to have a couple of them coming up here in the very near future anyway. Yeah, you know, I, I think – um, you know, I, I, we've got a lot of respect for obviously who we're playing. I know it's, uh, and I think we've, we've seen that, uh, how we were challenged the other day and I fully expect us to be really challenged, uh, here tomorrow night against Moorhead with their athleticism. I think early in the season, um, I do like playing in those tournaments and I think consistently we'll do that as evidence kind of by how we scheduled uh, prior to having to cancel. I do think we'll do that consistently. I think it's as much as anything. It's, it's certainly uh, who you play, um, and, but it's also going away with your team uh, to, to a, a, a location for a few days to a week, spending time together. Uh, I really value that. Um, but uh, I, I think every opportunity you get a chance to really learn and improve and you get exposed in some areas. And we got exposed the other night. And I, I know Moorhead's going to come in off a, off a win and going to look uh, to really challenge in a lot of ways. So I think as much as anything, you want to play games right now. Uh, will those early preseason, pre-conference season tournaments be a part of our scheduling moving forward, Tim? Uh, absolutely. I think we'll play in pretty much one every year. Um, as long as we're not in a pandemic. Thanks. Up next, Tony Gerdman. Chris, you may, you may have already addressed this earlier in the weeks. Uh, regarding your COVID protocols, if with the contact tracing, how does a player, I guess, get out of that? Can they test out of that? How many tests does that take? I'm just wondering about the protocols for, for basketball, you guys. Well, I think it's similar across the board. Uh, with, uh, with every team that's competing right now here. Uh, I think the rules are, are really general. If we have a positive uh, that's confirmed with the positive PCR, uh, that's when the contact tracing comes into place, uh, Tony. And, and it's, it's really at that point up to conversations between Jim, between Dr. Borchers, um, that player, uh, and the people he was exposed to. Uh, if it's a roommate situation, uh, sharing a bathroom, whatever the case may be, those are the specifics that get addressed. And then can that person test out then? How many, how many tests does it take? Yeah, I don't think we've been given a number on that. I think it's, it's – um, I'm not exactly sure or if we have been given a number. It's not something I'm aware of how sure. many tests they would need to. 
Uh, obviously, I don't think they'd be out for an extended period of time as long as they had negative testing in our, our daily testing. But uh, the exact number is at three or four or five. I'm not sure. Thank you. Up next, Patrick Murphy. Chris, I know you uh, you touched on Seth uh, on your show last night, um, but obviously people saw his social media post the other day, got excited. What what can you tell us about where he is, if there's any update, and then when he does come back, what you think he'll he'll add to this group that we've seen here in the first two games? Well, the biggest thing for Seth is is making sure that physically. Uh, he's ready to go through live action, live game action, which he's been somewhat limited to. It's been a little bit more in practice, but he's been limited to that. Um, I do think everybody has to understand he's not the same player or athlete right now he was his sophomore year at, at Harvard. He's just – it's too much – that's too much to expect uh, given a young man that's come off uh, two years. He's really worked hard. Uh, to get back to this point, I think he feels a great amount of satisfaction and getting back at least in the conversation of playing uh, again. But uh, to expect that kind of, of production uh, right now, I think, is is unrealistic. Um, and he understands that. But I think our, our, our fans are going to have to understand that as well. Um, I think he'll have to work his way both into shape and sharpening up his skills uh, and his ability to move and defend. I think offensively, um, even though he'll have to, he'll have to kind of shake some rust off there, he's a really gifted offensive player. I think defensively is where he's going to have to continue to really grow uh, and get more confident in his ability to, to move and his, his knee and uh, in his conditioning. But um, uh, he's making progress. And what that looks like in terms of um, – when he could play, I think it's it's something that we're evaluating on a day-to-day basis. And then uh, different topic, um, we've talked to Ryan and, and some of the other coaches about how how testing has changed day-to-day, how COVID protocols, you know, they're not getting ready, the football team that is not getting ready where they normally do. They're getting ready at the practice facility and busing over and stuff. Has there been any major changes for you guys that maybe we haven't, we aren't aware of that? you know, is happening behind the scenes that has just been completely different this year for you guys because of all the protocols and, and how things are working? Yeah, you know, we've, we have thought about uh, a, a lot of different scenarios. At the end of the day, I think what we've done is trusted that our guys are, are following the necessary protocols with mask wearing and with social distancing. Um, but, you know, when, you, when you're going through this, you about everything in terms of moving guys into separate rooms. And... Um, you know, practicing in small groups as opposed to a full team group. And, but in reality, what we've done is just tried to follow the specific guidelines and uh, we, we've not take, went to any of those uh, significant extremes right now. Thank you. Up next, Colin Hasshill. Hey, Chris, just a follow up on the, on the Seth Towns question. You know, I, I, I get why you say it's, you know, it's unrealistic right now for him to be what he was two and a half years ago. But, but from what you guys have seen and um, and, and practices and whatnot, do you think that he'll get back to that form at all this year, next year? Like, do you have any sort of timeline or idea of, like, when he might be that kind of player again for you? 
No, I do believe he'll get, he can get back to that. Um, I, I do believe that Colin. I just, um, you know, I can't, I can't tell the future and we haven't honestly seen him enough in live action to where I could even begin to speculate on when, when that will happen. Uh, it's unique. I've not, you know, I've not coached a young man that's been off for, as you mentioned, two and a half years of competitive basketball. So I've not been able to, re- I, you know, I don't have a, I don't have any other comparison to look at and say, okay, he can get back to that sophomore year form. You know, we already, we all, we all already talked about the transition, right. Of going from, um, uh, Harvard to the Big Ten, as as good of a program as Harvard is, but you add in that the shaking off the rust. It's hard to give a timeline on when he could get back to that because we just haven't been able to see enough live action yet uh, for, for Seth. But I, he will get back to that. Is that the end of this year or next year? I, I don't know, but I believe I I no question in my mind he can get back to that. And then just a quick follow-up about the Capelli Center. Uh, I know that it wasn't a, this, this game wasn't originally going to be played yeah. there. Do you think that this is going to be your last game there, or is there a chance that, you know, down the line that this could be used again at some point? You know, I, I, I'd prefer to play at our home, our home arena. I'd prefer to play at the shop. But, listen, it's hard for me when I get asked by our administration to save money and to – limit the 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 workload in terms of changing over the shot from ice hockey to uh to a basketball twice in a week it's hard for me to sit over there and say no no we're not going to do that i think um uh, it's a great facility it is beautiful you guys that were there and saw it it's gorgeous um i'd like to you know be in our own be in our own facility and shoot in our own facility but uh uh, clearly, it's the right thing to do, and um, you know it's it's it'll it'll be there for at least one more game. I don't know. I don't anticipate uh, more. But if they come back and they ask me and they say it's it's in the best interest to do that, then I'll consider it for sure. Up next, Bill Landis. Hey, Chris, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Zed Key and um, his uh, his quirky personality, I think is how some people have put it. I'm, I'm just wondering, when, when you're recruiting a guy, I know you're looking at the player, you're wondering how he might fit in with your program, but does the idea that, you know, this is a kind of a funny guy and, and I think our guys really enjoy being around him factor into those decisions at all? Well, I, you know, uh, Zed, you, you've all been around one of those – guys or girls who's funny and sometimes they don't know they're they're being funny and uh that that's kind of zed and his teammates have um it's one of his endearing qualities i just think he's who he is and his teammates find uh the way uh he is to be really endearing and funny and they have a good time with him um i don't know that we noticed it as much in recruiting um, what I noticed in recruiting is he's a really thoughtful, smart, bright guy from a terrific family. Um, and the, the basketball part of things, I don't think we saw, uh, uh, the sense of humor or, uh, just, he's, he's a really, um, he's a different kid in that he's got a lot of varied interests too. You know, he, 
really enjoys cars. And uh, we knew that in the recruiting process. Um, uh, he just enjoys working on cars. He enjoys car shows. I, I you know, I don't know. Q could have, Q, he and Q have conversations. I think they're speaking a different language. So uh, he just, he's got varied interests. And uh, I think our guys have really taken to that beyond the fact that, you know, he's a good player and uh, going to grow throughout the season. And when you have a young guy like that, I guess this goes for any young guy, but they're obviously making a, a jump up in competition. I don't think you're expecting them to kind of swim in those waters and be comfortable right away. So like, what, what's the key? Is it just, you know, keep, keep working hard and keep your energy up and the other stuff will come and you can figure that the kind of the rest of it out as it comes. Yeah. And I think you, you've seen in these games, you know, he's had a couple offensive fouls uh, in both games and uh, we've got to improve his technique in some of those areas. He's still, the, the stuff that you guys don't see that we're very much a work in progress in because we do have new pieces is some of the ball screen coverages he mixes up and we, uh, some of our other guys mix up, including all of our new guys. Um, and that's led to some, some breakdowns for us and some of our offensive stuff. It's so all of that stuff is a work in progress that every team is going through, or mo- you know, every team that is implementing new players, but what he can do right now is what we've tried to, you know, pare it down to. He can play extremely hard. He can be physical. We tried to pare it down to really simple things for him. He can impact the game that way, as can Gene. Um, and if he consistently does that, I, I believe he can, you know, he can impact us consistently in a positive way. Thanks. Sure. Up next, Clay Hall. So, Clay, prepared, but just in case this happened, he wanted to know about your empathy for Ryan Day. Have you spoken to him? And how do you feel about him having to get the team rolling again And if that situation were to happen to you guys? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I uh, appreciate the question. Uh, obviously, I've, uh, I've thought a lot about Ryan and his situation. I know uh, Nina and Lori, my wife, have, have texted quite a bit and, and – uh, you know, I I think where I really have tremendous, uh, uh, I think, um, empathy or, or just uh, I, I look at his situation. I know how much he cares for his kids and how much he knows from his position that his kids desperately want to play games. And that weighs on you as a head coach when you see what your athletes have put the work that they put in, the time and the effort that they put in, and you want to provide those opportunities for them because you know they're isolated away from football. They're making the necessary, um, uh, really necessary, they're doing the necessary things to allow themselves to play. So I, I think I know uh, I've, I've certainly been able to get some updates on how he's doing, but um I, I think all in all, um, they've done a terrific job, and I'm optimistic that uh, the season will finish in full for them and uh, that he'll be back on the sidelines here in pretty short order. Um, but I know he feels the weight of of making sure the young men in his program are provided all the opportunities that, they, that they've earned, and uh, I'm pulling like heck for him for that to happen. Up next, Adam Jardy. 
Sorry, I couldn't get to the unmute button. Uh, Chris, you, you've mentioned the um, ball screen coverages. You mentioned it after the game. Uh, you mentioned it just now. Um, how in, how important is that for this this team to figure out? I know that was such a big thing with Caleb working on that and how much progress he made over the years. But but how how important is it for you guys to to figure out in today's game of college, modern game of college basketball? Like that's that seems just like such a really big part of everything. How much do you are how much is that a work in progress for you guys? How much are you are you focusing on that? Yeah, it is. We get, we got to get better at it. We've got to coach it better and play it better. We've got to become more coordinated collectively on it. As you mentioned, it's such a big part of, uh, of today's game. And we've certainly worked on it from day one, but uh, we were put in some situations, um, you know, uh, that you give them credit for. They made it difficult for us. Uh, we thought we prepared well. Sometimes you prepare well or you feel like you prepare well and you have to make some adjustments, which we did uh, in the second half. But um, uh, I, I think uh, it's something we got to continue to grow in and get better. Uh, I just, the bottom line is uh, uh, we've got we've got to get better in that area. Um, and uh, I'm confident we will, but we got some, we got some room to grow for sure. Thank you. All right. Last three, Brendan Gulick. Coach, I know that uh, especially early in the season, a lot of the focus is just on your team and doing what you want to do well and not worrying so much about who you're playing and what they're doing. But when you do have a chance to watch, you know, Moorhead on, on film, um, I know it's a small body of work, only a couple of games, but what do you think they do well and, and what poses the biggest challenge tomorrow? Yeah, Moorhead plays really hard. Uh, they play really hard. They've got uh, a talented uh, big guy, freshman, uh, 6'10 kid. They've got really talented guards. I think they play together really well. Um, very much a competitive game versus Richmond um, in their their tournament at Kentucky. Very much a competitive game, and then they follow that up with um, with a win over Arkansas State. But uh, play extremely hard, well coached. Um, you can tell they they have got a clear vision for what they want to do on both ends. Um, so uh, and they're physical. I think that's probably I think they're the most physical team we played. Um, I, I would say for sure uh, with their size and just how, how physical and hard they play. And I know it's a, a matchup between a power five team and a non-power five team. And typically, you know, as a bigger program, you, you tend to have more physical uh, players, better physical talent. But when you look at the individual matchup, do you feel that that might suit you well tomorrow if you, if you get in a game where it becomes really physical? Well, I think we've got – we're, we're going to have to be physical as well. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, they played a really challenging schedule. I think that has, has kind of shown uh, that they've got, they've got quite a bit of – they've got some really competitive guys and some real fight to them. Um, so I'm excited about that. If, if, if To answer your question, I'm excited about, you know, that opportunity because it's going to be, like I said, the most physical game we've played, I think, by far um, through, through three games. Last two, Stephen Hellwagon. Yeah, Coach. Uh, obviously, we were your team was playing in an empty arena the other day, and uh, seemed like last five minutes of the first half, maybe the first five or so minutes of the second half, uh, the problems on offense kind of leaked over to defense, and uh, seemed like there was some general upsetness in the uh, huddle. We could hear at the first timeout in the second half. Just was that because things weren't going the way you wanted to go defensively. People weren't maybe on top of what they needed to be doing, or I don't know, it seemed like after that you were able to 
to get more consistent stops after that and, and turn some things around. Yeah, I think that's a that's stuff you don't typically hear, Steve. You know, that's <laughs> you know, bottom we line. We don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. No, I no, you don't. And I'd like to say that that's that's just that's coaching. You know, that's what happens. And and I to your point, you know, it's it's in a in a, any in any type of arena with any type of normal noise, right? You don't hear those things um, on the regular. But I think that was us just trying to address some things out of timeouts. And uh, it, it is certainly you. Everybody's talked about it. We've talked about it over and over. How unique uh, those environments are how unique the energy is in those, in those places. And uh, um, I think what it, what it requires as much as anything is your habits really controlling you and how you want to play um, because you're not being fed by energy from any outside source. But uh, yeah, you just heard, you heard coaching and uh, you heard, you heard that. Um, I'm not sure if it was the first time, but that's what you heard. You heard us coaching. Thanks. Final question, Patrick Murphy. Chris, real quick back on, on the Seth conversation. You mentioned the, the jump from Harvard to the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. for, for people who don't maybe watch as much of the Ivy League, for a player who's not coming off two years out, what kind of jump is that? And then how much does not playing add to that for him? Well, I think it's a jump in, uh, obviously, uh, athleticism and size. And I think – you know, what you see in college basketball is there are good players and really good players at all levels, right? You know, we've seen that in, uh, over and over and over again in college basketball. Um, early season, end of the season, tournament time, there's really good players at, ev at every level. But I do think the consistency of the length and athleticism that you see um, at, the, at the Big Ten is just different. You know, it's just different. Uh, so you combine that with a new system that he's learning. Um, and I think all of that is part of his adjustment period. Uh, but again, he played in a really good program where he was well coached and that will help him. Uh, I think you'll see him work through that adjustment, just like you'll see Jimmy work through that adjustment here as, uh, as the season progresses. Lee, that, that's our hope. That's our goal. And that's the challenge for them and for us. All right. Thank you very much, Coach, uh, for joining us today. I'm going to let you go. If anyone has any questions, you all know how to reach me. Okay. Thanks, guys. Be well. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Coach.